and worked on it some while we were in California. And I thought I was going to preach it last week, but God changed my direction. And so Acts chapter 11 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phinehas and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. And then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Man, I found that, you know, I've been reading this chapter for weeks now. I found that verse yesterday, uh, verse 23. And I just wrote in the, in the uh, little side note on my Bible, verse 23, I believe is my personal calling. I really do. Look what they said about Barnabas, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart, in other words, own purpose, that they would cleave unto the Lord. You know, that's my job is just to try to get you to cleave unto the Lord. I'm not a great preacher. I'm not a great preacher. May never be a great preacher. Probably won't be. Not, not, uh, not, a, not a, a swell pastor, I'll be honest with you. But my job, I think my job as far as Calvary Baptist Church is, uh, is concerned is just to try to convince you to cleave unto the Lord. And just get, just, just get close to Jesus. Just get close to the Lord. You know, listen, church, if you'll just get close to him, everything will take care of itself. You, you don't have to worry about everybody else and what everybody else is doing and get your eyes on everybody else. Just get close to Jesus. If you'll get close to Jesus, your marriage will take care of itself. A lot of wisdom in that. If you'll just get close to the Lord, your job will take care of itself. Oh, that job may not work out, but God will give you the job you need. Just get close to the Lord. Man, if you'll just get your family, you say, preach on what I'm going to do about my kids. Just get them close to Jesus. Man, just get them close to the Lord. And, and I love that. Verse 24, I love this about Barnabas. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. In other words, boy, something's really going on here at Antioch. And so Barnabas goes to find uh, uh, Saul to bring him back. Verse 26, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Would you read that last sentence with me? Because that's what we're going to preach on this morning. Ready? And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Let's do that one more time. Ready? And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. You may be seated. And as you can see on the screen this morning, I want to speak on this subject church anity and Christianity. What's the difference? What's the difference? There is a big difference, by the way. There's a big difference between Christianity and and church entity. To be quite honest with you, and you may not know this, but there's quite a few of you here this morning that have church entity. A lot of churches are filled with people that have church entity. 
and not Christianity. And I don't have time to do it justice, but just for a few moments, and this is going to be super simple today, but just for a few moments, I want to tell you the difference between what churchianity is and what Christianity is. And I believe we'll show it to you from the Bible here. And so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer at this time, and we'll jump right into the Bible study. Father, thank you so much for church. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the good service this morning. And uh, we, we want to, again, thank you for bringing the waters our way and we sure appreciate them and their ministry, and I pray you'll bless them today. And Lord, help us to cleave unto the Lord. That's what this is all about. That's what the music's all about. That's why the choir sings. That's why we have Sunday school. It's why we promote youth activities. God, it's, it's, it's why we're building a new building. It's why we preach. It's why we, uh, it's why we go to the nursing homes. It's why we run these buses. God, just to try to get people to cleave unto the Lord. That's our, that's our answer. It's not a preacher. It's not a pastor, it's not a singer. It's not, Lord, it's not talent or personality or education. It's Jesus. God, if we could just cleave unto him, God, everything will take care of itself. I pray that you'll bless our discussion this morning. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that you touch us not only spiritually, but I pray that you touch us physically today. And God, I pray that you just clear the way now, clear the air. And I pray you'll do what you want to do today. We ask you for your help. Save that one that's nearest hell and encourage that one that might be discouraged. And God, we plead the blood of Jesus over the service. We love you and ask you for your help. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. I'm afraid, church, we've come a long way long ways since Acts chapter 11 in the church. It's interesting. These disciples, the Bible says, and by the word, the word disciple there means learner. It means pupil. That's what it means. Go look it up. It, it means those that have just decided that they're going to learn. They're going to learn about the Lord. They want to learn everything they can learn about the Lord. And we find here in Acts chapter 11 that these learners, these pupils, what the Bible calls disciples, they were so different that the world actually assigned them a label. And the label was Christians. By the way, it's the only place you'll ever find it in the Scripture. It's only mentioned once. And uh, they were so different that the world said, look at these Christians. Now I want us to understand this morning that that these Christians in Antioch didn't get together. They didn't didn't form a committee and and said, all right, listen, folks, we need to come up with a name for us. That's not how it happened at all. They just were serving the Lord and learning about the Lord and cleaving unto the Lord. And man, they got so fired up and they got so zealous. And man, they were just living so different and they were just going at it with both barrels. And and that the world backed up and the world looked and said, man, we got to come up with a name for these fanatics. And the Bible says they were called Christians first in Antioch. The word Christian means Christ ones. It means follower of Jesus Christ, hence the word Christianity. We notice two things, two of the first things we see these new Christians doing. How about this? We notice they were listening to preaching and teaching. In Acts 11, verse 26, and when he found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And so these Christians, these 
disciples were very involved in listening to preaching and teaching. I'm not going to get camped out right there, but I just want to ask you a question. How involved are you in listening to teaching and preaching? Uh, you ought to be at least involved in it three times a week. That's Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. But even outside of that, man, you ought to, you ought to get a hold of some good CDs and you ought to have uh, some good tapes or you ought to have, uh, you know, a, a good podcast or a, a radio broadcast or, uh, or something. And, uh, man, you ought to be constantly listening to good preaching and good teaching. We not only find that they're listening to preaching and teaching, but we notice these new Christians, these disciples, we notice they're learning to give. Uh, look, if you will, Acts chapter 11 and verse number 27. We notice here they find out that there are some people that are in need. Verse, verse 27, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem and Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. In other words, there were gonna be some Christians in some distant places that we're getting ready to have great need. And look what happened in verse number 29. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability. In other words, some could give a lot, some could give a little, some could give sort of medium. They all had different incomes. Every man according to his ability determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. So uh, they're listening to teaching and preaching. They're learning to give. They're giving to the things of God. Now I want to ask you a question, church, or just make a statement here. I sometimes wonder if what we have in this day would really be classified as Christianity. I really do. I think what we may have today or what many would have today would be better labeled as churchanity and not Christianity. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the church. I love it. I love it more than I've ever loved it in my life. Man, I've, I've grown up in the church. I th I'm thankful I had parents that, that took me to church when I was a little one. And I'm thankful that I, I you know, I, I hear people say, sometimes and they'll say, well, you know, my, my, my mom and dad made me go to church and because of that, I hate church. My mom and dad made me go to church. I love church, man. And I, I love it and I love being with you and I love, I love being here with you and preaching to you and I love the house of God. But I just came here today to tell you that there is a big, big difference between those two words right there. There's a big difference between churchanity and Christianity. We use the, the term Christian so loosely. I mean, these people were called Christians because they were true disciples. They were pupils. They were learners. They were consumed with learning as much as they could learn about the Lord Jesus Christ. They couldn't get enough. I mean, man, every service they could get to, they wanted to get to. I mean, they just, every preacher they could have in, they wanted to hear them. They were consumed. I mean, they were just literally consumed. Oh man, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm gonna be able to connect with it like I want to connect with it because I, I feel really passionate about the message today, and I, I I'm really concerned that in America we're heading in a wrong direction. I I know that we're. I know the Lord told us it was gonna happen. I know we're living in that day of apostasy where where people are turning away from the truth and they're turning deaf ears to the truth. But uh, but but could it be? Could it be that God may raise a group up in Union Grove, North Carolina that say, I'm not gonna go with the normal trend. I'm not gonna go the direction of the world. I'm not gonna be caught up in that, in that age of apostasy and the more about Jesus, more about Jesus. I wanna know more about Jesus. I wanna learn everything I can learn. I wanna, I wanna be taught everything I can be taught. And, and, but I wanna tell you this morning, the difference, the difference in churchanity 
and Christianity. I believe some thoughts the Lord laid on my heart several weeks ago. Number one, I wrote this down. Churchianity is practiced inside the church while Christianity goes outside the church. Churchianity is practiced inside the church while Christianity goes outside the church. Would you take your Bibles and flip back just a few pages to Acts chapter eight, Acts chapter eight, and look at verse number one. Man, the church is growing. The church is exploding with growth and people are being saved and, and, uh, and, and, and the, the fires of revival are burning and uh, boy, great things are happening. But how many know that when great things happen, the devil's not too far away and the devil's gonna start fighting and battles are gonna come and, and uh, adversity's going to come and such is the case with the church. In Acts chapter eight, verse one, and Saul was consenting unto his death uh, Stephen has died. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was in Jerusalem. Look at this now. And they were all scattered abroad uh, throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. In other words, they couldn't stay where they were. It was no longer safe to stay where they were ministering. And so the Bible says they were scattered abroad outside the walls of the church, if you, so to speak. But look what happened, verse number eight, or verse number four, verse number four. The Bible says, therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now, I want to say, church, what was happening inside the church was happening outside the church. Uh, they, they had true Christianity. Now, listen to me now. If what you have is practiced only inside the walls at 329 Indian Hill Road, you do not have Christianity, you have churchanity. And a lot of folk do. You know what? They have a Sunday religion. That's it. You come to church, you act like a Christian, you walk like a Christian, you talk like a Christian, and when you walk out the back door the rest of the week, you live like the devil and you live like the heathen, and then you come back in and dust your Bible off and you tie your tie just right and you, amen, brother, yes, yes. I feel some preach coming on this morning and you just sort of act the part and, and, and I'm telling you, brother, that's what's called church entity, church entity. It's false, it's hypocrisy, it's not real. But I'm telling you, brother, if you ever get a good dose of salvation and you realize just how good God is and you realize all that Jesus Christ has done for you I'm telling you man you can't keep it in these walls you can't contain it in this building brother if you ever get Christianity you're going to have to take it outside church hey listen if all you do is praise him inside the church but never outside the church that's church entity not Christianity real Christians praise God wherever they are. It doesn't matter if you're at work, doesn't matter if you're at school. You say, preacher, if I praise God at school, they'll laugh at me. Well, you let them laugh, buddy. By the way, there's coming a day when they won't laugh. There's coming a day when those coworkers who point at you and who uh, seclude you and who make jokes about you, I'm telling you, church, listen, I don't know everything, but I know what I'm talking about this morning. There is coming a day when the only one who will laugh will be God when he laughs in judgment upon this world. There's coming a day when he will rule and reign in righteousness and with a rod of iron, and we're gonna wish that we had lived for God and had a righteous life. Listen, if all you do is talk clean inside the church, but not outside the church, you've got churchanity, not Christianity. If the only place you carry your Bible is inside the church and never outside the church, you've probably got churchanity, not Christianity. 
If you expose yourself to good music only inside the church, but not outside the church, what's on your CD player today? What radio station is your radio on this morning? If somebody had access to your car and unlocked your car and turned on the radio or went through your CDs in your, uh, in your car, what kind of music do you have in your car? Now, wait a minute now. I know I'm preaching, I'm preaching English, but it's almost like a foreign language this morning because most people don't want to hear uh, the kind of preaching that we're going to get this morning, but we're here. Ain't no backing out now, amen. And uh, I'm just telling you, man, true Christianity uh, brings about a change. If you only dress conservatively inside the church but not outside the church, you probably have churchanity and not Christianity. You understand the psalmist said in Psalm 138, Verse one, I will praise thee with my whole heart. But he did not stop right there. He said this, he said, I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. In other words, the psalmist said, you can line your gods up. You can bring them all out. You can bring out Buddha. You can bring out Allah. You can bring out Joseph Smith. You can bring out Charles Hayes Russell. Hey, you can bring out the Hindu, all the Hindu gods. Bring them out. And, and the psalmist said, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna praise God among the God. I'm not just going to praise God in the church. I'm going to praise God outside the church. Uh, the, 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 uh, uh, Saul said this, Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4 verse number 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men the Lord is at hand. This is all I'm saying church. If what you've got inside you is real and if what you've got inside you is really Jesus Christ it you can't help yourself. It's going to come out. I'm telling you, it's going to come out. If you come in here and, and, and you act the part and then you go out of here and you don't act the part, what you have this morning is you have church Hannity, not Christianity. Yes, Lord, help us, Jesus. Amen, that's right. Hey, how about this? Church Hannity comes to be blessed while Christianity seeks to bless. Church entity comes to be blessed while Christianity seeks to bless. Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Philippians chapter two, verse seven, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Wait a minute now, wait, wait, preacher. You're talking about the Son of Man? You're talking about the Son of God that spoke the worlds into existence? You're talking about the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings? Are you talking about the Prince of Glory, the Prince of Peace, the bright morning star? I mean, I mean that, that, that only, the only one that deserves to, to, to wear that royal crown and to hold that royal septum. Uh, that, that one came to this earth and he said, I came not to be ministered unto, but I came to be as a servant. Romans chapter 15, verse two, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the here's what's your point preacher my point is this when you really get saved when you really become a Christian you want to bless others we're living in one of the most selfish selfish generations we've ever seen 
Bless me, bless me, bless me. Bless me and bless me again. And give me, give me, give me and give me some more. And I want some more and give me some more and give me some more and give me some more. And bless me some more and bless me again and help me again and bless me some more. And brother, you know what that is? You know what that is? That is that is in, in, in uh, identifying a nation that has churchanity and not Christianity, because when you ever get born again and you get filled with the Spirit of God, you'll have a you'll have a desire to bless those you come in contact with. That's right, bless God. We, you know what? I feel so passionate about this message. Bless God. We ought to tear something up this morning. That's right. People all over America today walked in churches, arms crossed. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, choir. Well, the choir wasn't on it today, Brandon. Y'all need to practice more. Bless me. Bless me, preacher. Uh, bless me, singers. Uh, I, I endowed y'all with the great blessing of walking into this room. Bless me. You know what you need? You need to get saved. That's what you, you just need to get born again. It's, it's, you say, preacher, it's Sunday, it's Sunday morning. It ain't Sunday night. We're all right. We're all right. We're okay. Every once in a while, I got to put one of these in on Sunday morning. Amen. It's called shock and awe. Hallelujah. I'm having a good time. Brother Daniel, amen. I'll come back tonight. We're going to get him this morning. Amen. <laughs> Oh, listen to me, church, I'm picking around, but I'm serious this morning, man. Oh, listen, when you really get filled up with Jesus, you'll want to bless somebody. Man, you'll want to encourage them and at least smile at them and try to lift them and try to lift their burdens and pray for them. It's not all about you and it's not all about me. It's about others and brother. Oh, my goodness, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Some of you kids, you know what? Some of you kids need to get, need to get saved. Mama, I want this. Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I want some more. Daddy, give me this. Daddy, give me this. You know what? Some of you kids ought to go to your parents today and say, I just want to tell you something. I, and, and by the way, I'm not saying these things because I want something else. I'm not saying this because, you know, anytime you go to your mom and dad, say, Mom, I just want to tell you I love you. They're like, all right, how much you need? Man, just go to him and say, listen, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I don't want any more tennis shoes. I, don't, I, I just came here to say thank you. Thank you for pointing me to Jesus. Thank you for taking me to church. Thank you for being a good mom and dad. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for pushing me to do right. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, church, listen, if you ever really get saved, man, you'll want to be a blessing to others. Church entity comes to be blessed while Christianity seeks to bless how about this? Number three, church entity is complacent while Christianity compels. Church entity is complacent while Christianity compels. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 14, listen to what the apostle Paul said. He said, for the love of Christ constraineth us. In other words, Paul said, I can't hold back. Uh, he said, ever since I, I had that Damascus Road experience and he said, I came to Jesus, Paul said, man, and I, I begin to understand the love of Christ. I begin to understand uh, how, how he could have let me die and go to hell. I begin to understand how 
how I was worthless and how he could have just 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 hurl me into hell like a softball but but Paul said I'm beginning to understand the love of Jesus and how much he loved me and I'm beginning to understand that I'm the object of his love and Paul said for the love of Christ constraineth us he said man it motivates you it propels you it explodes you it compels you he said man I, I just I can't be still I, I've got to do more Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 16 for though I preach the gospel I have nothing to glory of for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. I'm telling you, man, there's just something about true Christianity. Maybe we ought to bow and just have prayer right now before I go on. Amen. There's just something about true. There's something about true Christianity that makes you want to do more. And if you're here this morning, and you're as satisfied with the status quo as you've ever been. One of two things ought to happen this morning. Number one, you ought to get born again. Or number two, you ought to get on this altar this morning and say, Lord, what's wrong? Complacent. Satisfied. Satisfied. I preached a funeral with a good man the other day. He's a good man of God. He's an evangelist. And we were just fellowshipping a little bit. And he said, preacher, he said, I'm helping a church out right now. The guy stays busy. He said, but I'm helping a church out right now. I won't tell you where it's at. But he said, uh, they're without a pastor. I mean, we hear that a lot. So many churches are without pastors. Now. And he said, I'm helping out this church. And he said, they run about 12. And then he said this, not in a critical way, but this is, but this is what he said. He said, preacher, the problem is that's all they want. That's all the woman. He said, we'll get there. He said, they got about 12 people that attend the church. And he said, the problem is, that's all they want. He said, they don't act like they want 13. They don't want 14. He said, they are absolutely content with us coming in, singing a song. I preached to them for a few minutes. That's it. We're done. Y'all come back now. Here. I mean, we're, you know, uh, just uh, completely content. No, nothing compelling them. Absolute complacency. Now, Calvary, I'm just, I'm just, amen. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I know I'm preaching to myself. I'm just telling you though, brother, if you in your Christian life right now are just at that point where you don't want to go forward, you don't want to read your Bible anymore, you don't want to pray anymore, you don't want to win anybody to the Lord, uh, you don't, you know what, you don't even ever think about coming to visitation. I mean, you don't care if we start another ministry, you could care less if we run buses or close the bus ministry down. I mean, it don't matter if we preach in the nursing home, we're just saying no, no we're not going out there. I mean, it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter if we build that building or we don't build that building. I mean, you know what, you just say, preacher, I, I'm just, I like where I I am, I'm as snug as a bug in a rug and I just, I don't care. Brother, I'm telling you, man, you know what you've got? You've got a, go, a dose of churchianity and not Christianity. Did you know the word of God is not a book of complacency? It is a book of compelling. In fact, the Bible says in Luke 14, verse 22, and the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Somebody says, Preacher, I don't want to build a new church. We're doing good enough. No, read my lips. No, we're not. A 
until we've reached every single soul in Union Grove, we're not doing okay. As long as there is a lost person in Arnold County and North Carolina and the United States, by the grace of God, you're listening to one preacher, that's not gonna be satisfied. I'm not gonna sit idly by while people die and go to hell. Listen to me, church. If you've really got Christianity inside of you, something, something ought to compel you to go do more. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How about this? What's the difference between church entity and Christianity? Church entity causes cosmetic change while Christianity brings complete change. Church entity causes cosmetic change. In other words, it's surface. You can change your looks by makeup, but you can wipe makeup off. You can't wipe your nose off. You can wipe your nose, but you can't wipe it off. You can't change your ears if your ears stick out a little further than other people. By the way, that's the way God made you. God made your ears to stick out a little further because God wants your ears to stick out a little further. Or if your nose sticks out a little further than other people, God made you that way. By the way, God don't make any mistakes. And God don't make any, any junk. By the way, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And God made you beautiful, however you are this morning. Amen, that's right. But cosmetic change. While Christianity brings complete change. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what kind of creature? New creature. New creature. Ask a question. Is there a difference between a used car and a new car? Is there a difference between a, uh, my house was our house, uh, my wife and I, our house was built in 1976. Is there a difference in a house that was built in 1976 and one that's built in 2018? You better know there is. Something brand new. And the Bible says when you get saved, you become a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ephesians 4, verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, and this is all I'm saying. When you really become a Christian, a change is about to take place. And I'm not saying that you're gonna become super Christian overnight. That's not what I'm preaching. But I am saying this. When you get saved, a change is gonna take place. And if you're here this morning and you claim to be saved, but there's no kind of change in your life, then I would check up. Bible school is just around the corner. And we're going to be meeting with you about that real soon. Lord willing, on Friday night of this Bible school, we're going to have a hot air balloon here. And you'll get to take some rides in a hot air balloon. Now, it's interesting. When those people that have those hot air balloons, when they come down Indian Hill Road, they come down with that huge hot air balloon in a little trailer, preacher. It's in a little trailer, isn't it, Brandon? It's not very, it's not huge. They pull in on the property with this truck and a trailer and then they open the doors and they pull out this hot air balloon. But it doesn't look huge and it doesn't look beautiful, doesn't have a whole lot of colors and until they begin to stretch that thing out and then they get these tanks out called helium tanks and they begin to fill 
Oh, yes. They begin to feel. Something begins to feel that hot air balloon. That, that healing begins to feel that hot air balloon. And all of a sudden, that which was just contained in a little trailer, man, it starts to grow. And all of a sudden, we start seeing all these brilliant colors and and this thing gets bigger and bigger and bigger and people start driving by and saying, look, 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 mama, look. I, I, I want to go, I want to go. Can I get over there close to it? And I want to see it. You know why? Because it got filled. And when it got filled, it began to change. And brother, I want to tell you what, when you get saved and you begin to get filled with the Holy Spirit, change begins to take place. By the way, and there's no hiding it. Last time I checked, God's not trying to God's not trying to find uh, hire secret agents for Christians. As Christians, we don't we don't need any more secret service Christians in America. We got enough. That's right. We got enough of them. Did you know? Listen, when when something that like that begins to come, there's going to be a change that takes place. Hannah and Tim are expecting their second child. She's, how, how far along are you, honey? 24 weeks. And at 24 weeks, you can already tell something's up. Is that right? You ladies know what I'm talking about. When you get pregnant and very pregnant, there ain't no hiding it. It's like our, our you, yeah, yeah. You know why? Changes begin to take place. When that child is inside of you and that child begins to grow. You know what? There's just no way to hide it. It becomes very evident. Can you tell me this morning that something as big as God Almighty can move inside of you and nobody even knows? I'm going to tell you, church, David, I got a problem with that one right there. I'm not saying you're going to be super Christian overnight, but I am saying this, brother. When something as big as God moves in, I'm telling you, something's going to change. Business is getting ready to pick up. I mean, your looks are going to change, and your talk is going to change, and your habits are going to change, and your life is going to change, and your home is going to change, and your marriage is going to change. And if you're here this morning, and all it is is just some cosmetic change, what you've got this morning is you've got church Hannity. Somebody says, you're a Christian? No, I'm, I'm I've got church entity. Hello, are you, are you a follower of Christianity? No. I'm a follower of church entity. You see, because I have church entity, I can just come in here and sort of act the part and then I can go home and do, do what I want to do. New, new religious group, church entity. I, I'm a member of the church entity group. Church entity. Causes cosmetic change while Christianity brings complete change. We're done. How about this? Christianity likes, I'm sorry, let me back up. Churchianity likes people while Christianity loves people. Churchianity likes people while Christianity loves people. You know what Christianity will make you do? Christianity will make you want to cover people's mistakes. While churchianity will make you want to expose their faults. Oh, we don't do 
that anymore, do we? <laughs> All the kids are like, what are you doing, preacher? <laughs> yeah, we don't have the rotary anymore. All right. Beep, 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 you know? Hey. Now, I'm not gossiping. I just want you to pray. Listen, why don't you quit lying <laughs> through your teeth? Something happens in the church. Somebody stumbles. Somebody falls. And we're not satisfied until we call 24 different people and say, man, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you, did, you, did you hear about Brother David? Did you hear? Did you, hey, did you hear? I can't believe you've done it. Did you hear? Now, we don't call people to say, let's just, let, hey, let's do this. Let's meet up here at the new building. Let's just get together and pray. Let's just pray for him. I mean, let's just, I heard this. I don't even know what's true. Let's just get together and pray. <laughs> am, I on, am we doing okay this morning, preacher? We doing all right? Man, we're, we don't even know. We don't even know. Listen, church, I'm, a, I'm getting to the place now. I don't even think we know what Christianity really is. Just Christianity will make you want to cover people's thoughts. You say, preacher, I don't believe it. All right, well, let's get some scripture in on it then. Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 12. Hatred stirreth up stripes. Hatred stirreth up stripes. But love covereth all sins. How about 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 8? And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Church entity likes people while Christianity loves people. We're almost done, but I don't want you to turn me off yet. In fact, turn me way up right now. Tune in real clear right now. Can I tell you why some are willing to forgive while others hold on to resentment? Because one has church and another has Christ. You say, preacher, I'm, I don't care what you say, I'm not forgiving them. I'm not surprised. If I had church in it, I wouldn't forgive them either. Somebody hurt you in the past, somebody did something they shouldn't have done, and you've held on to that thing and held on to that thing and held on to that thing, and it... It's grew inside of you and now it's begun to take root and, and uh, to, to get it out of there, it's going to almost be like an amputation and, and just you won't get it right and you won't forgive and you won't forgive. Everybody okay this morning? You know why? That's what's called church entity. But Christianity says, wait a minute. Here Jesus is stretched out between heaven and earth. Nails in his hands, nails in his feet. He's bleeding profusely. In fact, a crown of thorns in his head. He's been scourged and beat. In fact, Isaiah said that his visage was so marred above any man. He didn't even look to be a human being and now they've stripped him naked. He's hanging between heaven and earth. They've stripped him of every thread of dignity that he could have. And to pour salt in the wound, now they're gambling away his clothes. And Jesus Christ says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. Church, I want to tell you something. If Jesus Christ could forgive me, I can forgive others. That's right, that's right. And if you ever get Jesus in here, you know what will happen? He'll give you that spirit of forgiveness. Someone says, preacher, so-and-so didn't do you right. I know. What are you going to do? Get even? No. 
I've just I've already I've already given to the Lord. Amen. Forgive them, forgive them. Somebody looked at me wrong. Somebody said something to me wrong. Somebody treated me indifferent. Somebody abused me. Somebody somebody hurt me. Listen, just forgive. Peter came to Jesus, and I I believe Peter was getting a little churchanity. And he said, Lord, how often? How often should I forgive my brother if he offend me? And all of a sudden, church entity started speaking. He said, I know. Say about seven times. He, he, can, he can offend me once, I'll forgive him. Twice, I'll forgive him. Three times, all of it to seven times, I'll forgive him. And Jesus said, Peter, we're not interested in church entity. We're interested in Christianity. How about 70 times seven? How about you just keep on forgiving and 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 keep on forgiving. That's what Christianity does. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Which do you have? Churchanity? Christianity? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word that exposes us. Thank you for a book that's so honest. It's like a mirror. It never lies. God, it always shows us our imperfections. It shows us our blemishes. It shows us our problems. But then, Lord, it also gives the remedy for those problems and it tells us what we can do to fix it. Lord, there may be some here this morning that truly are not Christians. They've never been born again. They don't know Christ as Savior. I pray today that you'd help them to come and to give their heart to Jesus. But then, Lord, others are here this morning and they profess to be saved. But what they have is a little closer to church entity than it is to Christianity. And God, I pray that the disciples at Calvary Baptist Church would be called Christians. Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. Christ ones. God, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please. We thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to ask you a couple questions. Many folks are in the altar, and I'm going to give some others an opportunity to come. I wonder how many are here today, and you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved and going to heaven when I die. And if you can honestly say that, would you just slip your hand up? Say, preacher, I know I'm saved. Hallelujah. You can lower your hands. So I'm going to ask you to get real honest with me now, okay? Real honest. I wonder how many might be here today. You'd say, preacher, I could not raise my hand. And if I died today, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure that I would go to heaven. I want to go, pastor. I want to go. I'm just not sure. And I want you to pray for me. Is there one like that anywhere? You'd slip your hand up. Say, preacher, pray for me. If I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere? Can I pray for you? All right. I see that hand. I see that hand. Would you do me the favor? Would you just stand all over the house today? Father, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts. Save the lost. Lord, compel the saved. God, we're in the we're in the eleventh hour. We're in that we're in we're in the final we're in that 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 final period. God, we can't get complacent now. Jesus is coming. 
God, help us not to become complacent. Oh, Lord, help us to go forward for the cause of Jesus Christ. Like a mighty army, like mighty soldiers. God, I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And uh, many have used the altar. Others are still in the altar. If you need to come, the altar's open. We want to invite you to come. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need to be born again. I need to be saved. I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven when I die. Okay. I'm so glad that you're here. Why don't you come and let us take the Bible and show you how to be saved? Will you do that? Will you do it? Will you do it? Just step out. I I tell our people all the time, if you'll take the first step, God will help you with the second step. But he'll never make you get saved. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? You say, Pastor, I don't know how to make that change. Well, tell you what you do. You just yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and you ask Him to begin to make a change in your life, your spirit, your marriage, your home, your child rearing, your job. What about it? We're going to pause just for a moment. We're going to let you go here in a second. But Just in case there's still others that need to come, you come while we wait.